Welcome to The Grit, The Grit Live. Today, I'm Digit Murphy. We discuss topics and issues relating to women in sports, and we have great guests. I am here on the College of St. Leo campus in the sunshine state of Florida. Again, I'm Digit Murphy, an NCAA hockey coach and longtime coach at Brown, co-founder of the United Women's Lacrosse League, and now recently back from China, also coached the Boston Blades, won a couple championships there. Let's just say I've done a lot with women's sports. And uh, as you all know, on The Grit, we discuss topics and issues relating to women and how they go through adversity sometimes in their lives. I'm here today with Caitlin Hansen, the head lacrosse coach of St. Leo's. Caitlin, welcome. Thanks. How are you doing? How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. You, you know, we just had a, a, a massive lecture of your whole department. That was fun. It was. Um, you know, and you were one of my victims in the mentor sec section. Was. That was fun. How was that? It fun? Was, yeah, fun. I don't know that I exceed, excelled at it, but I, it, I, it, was, it was fun. I think you were awesome. I think you are awesome. <laughs> I appreciate that. So let's, let's take a little walk down memory lane now. You okay. were uh, Bryant. 08. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're roadie. You went to roadie. Yeah, I did. This yeah. is the cool part. Like, you know, all roads go through roadie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and look at this. And now we're here randomly, right? Very like, randomly. Like very randomly. It wasn't <laughs> like I said, well, I got to meet a Rhode Island person. Right. So you went to Bryant, class of 08, graduated from Bryant. I'm sure you got your master's I, I while did. you were there, not like a GA. Bryant, not from Bryant, actually, oh, but I, I was an assistant coach at Bryant, and I commuted to Emerson College in Boston. Oh, oh wow. There. Nice. Yeah. I like that school. Very nice school. Mm -hmm. And then you were at Bryant for three years as an, assist, as an assistant. Yep. And then, bam, head coach, Jay Wu, Johnson & Wales, yep. right in Providence. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, how long were you there? I was there for four years. Four years. And then you got the job in the Sunshine State. Absolutely. Oh, you're yeah. not leaving the Sunshine State. No, no way. way. I don't really, care. It would be hard to coach lacrosse anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, having experienced January through April lacrosse season here. Oh, <laughs> I know. And, you know, I, I never understand lacrosse. Like, you know, they're out there in January in the freezing cold, shoveling, you know, and, uh, and then the game's like, like your season ends in like May. Yeah. Right. Right when it starts to get nice, especially in the Northeast. And even then, my last game that I coached there was Mother's Day weekend, and I coached it, and it was like rain slash snowing, yeah. and I was in like this big gigantic blue jacket. Yeah, you like why? All the pictures here when I was hired. And I know. Like, yeah, you definitely don't need to bring that with you. Yeah, yeah. we're 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 done with that. Yeah. <laughs> so so congratulations on being you know such a great uh, having such a great experience at such a young age because you're a young young coach yeah, you know this is and congrats. Tenth season though, which but is you're young. Yeah. You're young. <laughs> you're young. It doesn't always feel that way, but yes. No, I know, and then. And and like, again, I always say, everyone's young compared to me. So. <laughs> um, again, I'm uh, Digit Murphy, and we're here with Caitlin Hansen at uh, St. Leo's College in the Sunshine State, lovely Florida. So, so Caitlin, talk a little bit about your journey. You know, talk a bit about, about you growing up. You're from New Jersey, you told me yeah. early, but why don't you take us down memory lane? Sure. Uh, I grew up, actually, the daughter of a coach. So my dad coached men's across at West Point Prep School, which was in Fort Monmouth, New Jersey. Okay. So I grew up on the Jersey Shore. Um, I was really into soccer. That was the big sport. I was a big, like, 99 World Cup kid. Like, we went yeah, to yeah. all those Yeah, him. Totally. Like, face painted, me a jersey, all, the whole way. Do you have the pictures? Uh, not with me, but yes. Can I you get me one? I want to put it on. I have the rally towel. Oh, God. Yeah. Do you still have it? I do. I have the rally towel still. Right yeah. there. We're yeah. going to need it for the History Museum. But right. Go ahead. No, I, I do have it. <laughs> and I live not far from there. But um, so huge fan of all that. Soccer was kind of the big thing. Played soccer, basketball growing up. Um, and then I tore an ACL um, junior year of high school. And oh. I started lacrosse as a freshman because that was kind of the first time mm. that you could really play it mm. at that point. Yeah, I know. Now it's like fourth everywhere. grade everywhere. But, You're um, recruiting, getting recruited yeah, in fourth grade. Yeah, they're like 20, 29 <laughs> better emailing. 
But um, <laughs> so I'm not kidding. I know. But so um, I after the ACL, I was like, you know, maybe soccer is not the route I want to go anymore. And so lacrosse was still new. Um, and I had a teammate from high school who played at Bryant. She was a freshman when I was a senior in high school. Got it. She loved the experience. I looked at, like I had film from when she had sent her film in. So You're like, uh, hey, it worked out. Let's go. Yeah. So went there. Who was the coach there? Um, so the coach I played for Karen Healy. Yeah. She actually played at Syracuse. Um, so that was who I played for my three years. Then my senior year, we had someone different. Who was the new coach? Uh, a brown person. So Jill DePetris came yep. in. Yeah, yeah. I didn't play for her. We just missed each other. But she was awesome. She yeah. did a great She's job. She's still there. She just left. She went to Drexel. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Because yeah. we did a um, funny story. We did a an event at uh, Winsocket yeah. Elementary School. Okay. And she was there oh, was she? with a couple of Bryant kids. Probably. So, you know, we're yeah. trying to always, you know, get out into the community. Okay, so then you go to Bryant. Yep, loved it. Um, Did you crush? Like, were you all American? Because you're really, you know, you're sturdy. Was, like, you can you kill region. people. I was not American. I was all region. Um, but it was good. I can it see you awesome. being really good in lacrosse. Our conference was really strong at the time. That's when Stonehill was winning national yeah, championships. Yeah, yeah. And it was so much smaller because Bryant was Division Two then. So okay. it was super different. Um, because now, obviously, we're Division Two here, mm. and there are almost 100 teams that have 100 schools that have women's lacrosse. I love it. Then it was four teams went to the national championship games, and, and it was just such a short time ago. Yeah, I, yeah, yes, it's exploded since then. Good. I, there was probably like, if I say there were 60 schools that had it by my senior year, I think I could be really reaching with that number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now there's almost 100. So that's good. awesome to see that's, that. That's kind really of good. And then you went from Bryant to Johnson Wales. Johnson Wales and that was an awesome opportunity because the program was just starting um, you I, had to recruit everyone and I actually started in August and they said so yeah so we're gonna field a team starting in September you're like wait yeah. what their logic was there's 10,000 kids on campus just there's go find be them. enough to play lacrosse give and them actually, free pizza they'll be fine great. we were 500 that year get so out were enough yeah there were definitely enough kids and we had a really talented girl who was named rookie of the year in the conference that get just out. happened to be there yeah, she was an all-region player by the end. She was awesome. That's so. fascinating. So how did you figure out, how did you get the word out on campus? So we did, a, word of mouth was actually the big thing. Get out. Social media the, is it, very helpful yep. in that way now. So we had a meeting. The first meeting we had, like 40 kids showed up. The first day of practice, there were like six kids because um, they realized. You're like, okay, let's go. Team. I might have to suit yeah. up myself. Maybe they won't notice. I, I played in goal like in practice the first year. <laughs> like I was not a goalie. So we did. Like, yeah, they, you know, they have no idea. And yeah. they had no idea what they were doing. Like th that was probably normal in their mind. Oh my God. So, it's so was, cute. It was awesome. Yeah. We had, uh, I think it was like 18 girls the first year. Okay. Um, so that worked out. And then we had 28 by my fourth season. And our fourth season, we won the conference championship and went to the NCAAs. So it was like an awesome trajectory. Wow. Yeah. I, well, I you're fortunate. probably a good coach too. I can well, tell. We, I fortunately had quite a few talented players that first year that over time and having played from day one yep. got to be great players by the time they were seniors. So. Wow. And uh, just to remind our listeners, I'm here at St. Leo's College in uh, Florida, uh, Tampa, Florida area with Caitlin Hanson, the head coach of the lacrosse team. So Caitlin, um, as you, like, what's your secret? What's your secret sauce as a coach? Do you have it? <laughs> well, I do think sauce? that um, I'm... You're high energy. I think you're, I'm not quite your level of high energy, but I do think I'm pretty high energy, yeah. and I do think that that um, does translate. It rubs off. Yeah, and I grew up in the coaching world. Everybody on my dad's side of the family was in athletics. They were coaching. Awesome. So we were always talking about it. So I think having to, the ability to have those conversations and um, just be that passionate about lacrosse, mm -hmm. I think kind of rubs off a little bit on some of them. It is does get a little more challenging every year. It seems like yeah. each grade is less and less uh, able to connect day one. Yep. But uh, you know, we've why do you think time. that is? 
I think because we don't have as many conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they're everything they do is mm-hmm. via. Like I used to think that okay, a phone call wasn't the way they'd respond to a text. Now they don't even answer text messages. They have yeah, to yeah. like Instagram it for them to respond to something. Interesting. So it's that's that's hard. I yeah. think, and, and I think that there's much more reluctance to be leaders because of it. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to find kids like. I feel like growing up, there was always the player that was like that emotional kid, like yep. the leader that would be yep. like borderline, yep. like crying with passion on the field. So you were like, wow, okay. Like, like okay. yeah, we're going we to her. We, we yeah. gotta help her out. Well, we got to win this one. Yeah, we talked about yeah. that in the, in the uh, talk. The elect- yeah. I think. I think it's a dying art. And um, like trying to kind of facilitate that and recognizing that we have to start that from the minute they step foot on campus. That's been a, a, a shift for me. Mm. Um, yeah, because it's not about the game. No. It's about teaching them how to just learn how to be on the field. And to it's be, almost like you have to go backwards. And to be like uncool enough to love it, if that makes sense. Yep. Like yep. It's, they're, they're too worried about like, well, what other what people think. look like if I totally fell to the ground? Didn't we talk about so, that? So much Didn't we talk about that? Yeah. The first thing I said was in the, in the meeting was that we had, was hey, you gotta just not care what people think. Yeah, it, it's a hard. It's easier said than done. Oh yeah. To teach that. Oh, I agree. I think it's definitely something that um, I've noticed. Like I said, why I do you think that is? Is it parenting? Is it just being on the phone so much? Is it the highlight reel? I call like, you know, when you're always in social media, you always have the best picture because you can take a million pictures and here's the best one. Yeah. You know, one or of the reasons. Delete the ones they yeah, don't like. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So right, you're always taking the best picture. That's why it's funny. Um, I do my Insta. Yeah. Uh, Digit Murphy, thirty-seven seconds, mm-hmm. and um, one of the I don't, one of my kids is like, "Your hair looks bad." I'm like, "It's on, yeah. it's on purpose." Yeah, I wanted to look bad. It's in the morning. I'm going real. to the gym. Yeah. I mean, if I'm quaffed, that's not real. That's not me. You're like, oh, okay. Well, I also think one of them said something to me this year that was interesting, and it was that she'd never gotten any. She said negative feedback until she got here. I was like, "Well, <laughs> oh, you're so mean? negative." She said, like, "I've only ever been the best one." Mm-hmm. And when you're playing club your whole life, you're not, they're not teaching skills anymore. It's just like, we'll go out, practice. Oh, you're the best one. Get it run by everybody. Like, yeah. let's just, just end this. That happens a lot, yeah, you know, in new sport. And, and the reason, uh, my, my theory is, is because the kids are customers, right? Yeah. Because it's all yeah. about the money. And it's expensive yeah. now. <laughs> and it's a lot of money. And you want to keep those money people in your pipeline. Mm-hmm. You don't want to make them feel bad. So you just let them go. And yeah, you're not you teaching it. Don't want to lose good players because right. no one wants to play for a club that's never winning any games either. Right. right. So I think. But it's about money. Yes. At the end yes. of the day, the your the club day. doesn't exist without those those people. I agree. See, I have a I have a theory on how you fix that. You know, yeah. you make more community-based leagues, and it's not that you don't care about the money piece because that's always going to happen. But it's almost like you need to have A, B, and C level lacrosse and really accentuate the leadership skills that you're learning. And, and talk about what we talked about in our, um, in our meeting, teaching life skills. Yeah. And almost talk to the parents about what they're gonna get. Because you, you can also say, look, you're not, getting D1. you're not getting D1, okay? So why would you put that much money in an investment? Yeah. And let those people look like the snake, snake charm yeah. salesman and really give them a great product. I think what we don't do is value the product of leadership enough and how you teach life skills. Yeah. And I have a theory that we can do that with women. Yeah. Because I think that women are really good nurturers. They're I, really I good communicators. But I think it needs to be like a priority, and I don't know that it is everywhere. Um, so we can find a way to make that more at the forefront of probably, you're right, at the youth level. It's got to be the little started. kid level. Yeah. And um, I was talking to one of my guests on the show earlier um, about figure skating, and she was saying how she just got to age 12 or 13, 
and then she aged out in figure skating. Like oh, she really? couldn't, yeah, she couldn't go to the next level. She was on the wait list. I'm like, how did that feel? <laughs> She's like, I know, it was awful. That's why she ended up changing to hockey and all this. So we had a conversation about that. And I feel like for girls, just when sports is really gonna make a difference in their lives, it becomes all about the performance. And there's gotta be between 12 and 15 where that group of kids that are, are, are failing is where you grab them and use them the safety net. So don't worry, I'm working on the plan. Right. Proven Winners is gonna to come to the rescue someday okay. for all women's sports. Right. Okay, I got Hopefully a master sooner plan. Sooner rather than later. I know, yeah. I might be dead by then, but I might need you guys to carry <laughs> on, to okay. carry the torch. Okay. Um, again, uh, Digit Murphy here on the grit with uh, Chris, Caitlin Hansen, uh, the head coach of lacrosse of St. Leo's. Okay. So um, what's it been like going from the freezing cold tundra <laughs> To the wonderful sunshine state. Yeah, I can't complain about that. That's been great. Since I've been here, we've played, uh, we have one total practice in the rain. I played almost every wow. game in the you rain. You have to put a lot of sunscreen on. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah, this is the tannest I've ever been. It's not that tan, but it's for <laughs> well, me, you, very tan. You got the Irish. <laughs> yes. Luckily Irish. Yeah, but no, the weather's been unbelievable, but the talent down here has also been really yeah. great. The conference is strong in lacrosse, strong in everything. And how are you? Um, How's your team? So we're building. Right. Yes, we're about middle of the pack right now. Um, the conference is expanding since I've gotten here. So now when it used to be five teams, now it's eight. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting stuff. Um, so we're a young team. We have 11 freshmen. Mm -hmm. But I think that's where that's good. we need to be. Yeah, and a lot of them are pretty talented. So I think they're going to have to play as freshmen. Mm -hmm. So that will be good, good for them. That's yeah, good. so hopefully by the time, hopefully this year is great. But I, I expect that as they get older, all this experience will definitely uh, help. So as a person that's kind of growing this, this program that's kind of new, because mm -hmm. this wasn't new, but you kind of had to re yeah. rebuild it or whatever, mm -hmm. um, do, is your philosophy to keep reward those like newcomers or do you just weed them out or do they weed themselves out? I'm always curious about it, someone that recruits a big class. Like, how do you do that? So I think that there's always going to be some who um, will weed themselves out because mm -hmm. they're going to realize as new classes come in oh i have to keep working harder to keep my spot and they, they don't want to do that right. um, but then you hope that there's going to be a lot of them who will say okay i had a great year but oh man this kid could come in next year and now we got the we're at the point where we've had prospect days people have been to campus that mm -hmm. are coming here in 2020 2021 so they've gotten to kind of see them. Mm -hmm. So some of them are like, okay, wow, I should probably run over the summer and touch yeah. my stick and yeah. do stuff. Stay that in maybe, shape. Yeah, like because I think when you're a freshman coming in, you've typically been the best right. always. Right. So you haven't probably had to push yourself that much to be able to play. And so now for some of them, I think the fall was a wake-up call in the sense of, wow, I've always won our team runs, mm -hmm. and I'm just the middle of the pack. I guess I have to do more. I'm hoping that's what they're thinking. Oh, I yeah. have to do more. <laughs> I'll spend my winter break doing more. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of kids don't want to do more these days, but yeah. a lot do. Um, so so what, if, what kind of advice would you give to some of the assistant coaches that want to become a head coach, you know, that are out there now? Because I think there's a lot of women out there that are assistants, mm -hmm. and sometimes in your sport, not as much, but in other sports where women aren't the head coaches, yeah. um, what kind of advice would you give them to be a head coach? I think that they have to understand that if one common mistake I see now is that ex assistants expect their head job to be like they're going to Maryland, yeah. like this perfect, oh, we've won 10 national championships, and this mm -hmm. is a great, polished, perfect package. 
Um, I was lucky that I went from an assistant to a head job, but it was at a brand new program and we didn't have a lot of resources. Yeah. And it was you like, had to grind yes, it. And we were practicing on grass some days, <laughs> on turf on other days. I was shoveling off my own field. <laughs> like, I don't think that they fully understand that's grit. That, yeah, that's why you're yeah, on the that show. Is uh, I don't think they understand that that's the way that it's going to work. Typically, mm -hmm. that there is usually a path you have to follow and you have to really kind of earn it. And I think that sometimes they think being an assistant for a few years, they've earned that. And yeah, yeah you've earned the opportunity to be a head coach. Sure, but to be able to stay as one, you're going to still have to yeah. keep weeding through a lot of stuff that you might not want to do. I know, and it's really hard, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that perseverance and, you know, weathering the storm is really important, and I don't think a lot of people want to do the work. No, and I think there's a huge benefit to it because all, I did so many different things when I was at Johnson Wales, mm -hmm. like outside of just lacrosse, because yeah. we had to. It was Division right. three school. We had to run Absolutely. somehow. Yeah. So I, I think that benefited how you treat people in sports information. I used to be right. athletic trainers because you had to help out in those and you sometimes and too. Yeah, you had and that. Sometimes you didn't have one. And so. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, I'm sports info today. Yeah. Looks oh. like I'm calling the scores in. We're taping this ankle. We're good? Okay. So well, it's very help. similar that, you know, what I went through when I first started at Brown because there were no opportunities, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, very limited. And uh, it really does help gain knowledge capital in your head and you know all sorts of experiences and you can own the story yeah I think absolutely. a lot of people don't understand how to own the story and how to tell it in a meaningful way so you know you're you're a rock star I mean I see you going places I think you're gonna go D1 that's what I'm saying anyone out there don't take it away from St. Leo's but at some point you need to call Caitlin Hansen you know I'm her agent I only get 10% just kidding uh, well, good. Well, I'm really happy that you've been on the show. Um, how can people like get recruited by you? Or I know it's not illegal, but I'm saying like, how can they find <laughs> out more about your program? Yeah, they can check out our website. Social media seems to be the big way to do it though now. Instagram, Twitter, mm -hmm. um, all that. Um, or come to our camps. Come I think to your that's camps. That's the best way to do it. Come and your camp is in the summer. Yep. Uh, yep. We do and we do fall and winter as well. Winter. It's all on your website. Yep. Winter in January is not a bad spot. Got to come to so, Florida. Yeah. Got to come to Florida. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, give me the high five. Yeah, you got to do the absolutely. high five. Well, I'm Digit Murphy, and uh, for Caitlin Hansen on the St. Leo's campus in lovely sunny Florida, we will catch you on the other side.